Beautiful. Okay. Well, good morning, church. As always, it's an honor to be able to share the word of the Lord with you this morning. And I'll start by saying something that you already know, but we need to be reminded of. That nothing is happening in the world today that has taken our God by surprise. You know, we serve a God who has perfect knowledge of everything. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6 that God's eye is on the birds of the air and even on the grass of the field, but that we are much more valuable to Him than they are. And while we don't know all of His plans and purposes, we can be sure that no measure of evil can thwart Him working things out for His glory here on earth. And in the same passage, he then goes on to say something very interesting. He says in, in, in verse 34, he says, don't, Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. Sufficient for the day is the evil thereof, implying that every day there is a certain measure of trouble. Every day there is a certain measure of challenge, of trial, of hardship that we all face, no matter who you are. There is Monday trouble, there is Tuesday trouble, there is Wednesday trouble, and so on. No one is immune to it. For those of us who are in Christ, God has justified us in Christ Jesus and given us a new spirit, His spirits. But while our spirits are redeemed, our flesh remains unredeemed, waiting for the time till Jesus comes again. And because our flesh remains unredeemed, as we walk on the narrow path that He sets us on, we find ourselves coming up against doubts, against fears, against old sins and thinking patterns that have not left, but keep coming back. And we find ourselves sometimes questioning why God did not make us just 100% perfect and 100% superhuman to stroll through the narrow path till we get to heaven from the day that we get saved. And what I want to explore with you today is a way in which God leads His people after He saves them. How He shapes us and molds us and conforms us to the image of His Son. And that way is constant and daily renewal. Daily renewal. See, when Jesus teaches us to pray, He teaches us to ask God, Give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. And in the same way that there are challenges and battles to fight every day, God has also stored up for us enough strength and enough wisdom by which to deal with them, which He gives us from His hand. And it's not just a once-off gift or a once-off measure of strength that He deposits within you and says, well, I'll see you later, I'll see you when you get to heaven. No, it's a daily measure of strength that He has appointed for us to have if we will ask. You know, the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through to 18. He says this, he says, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, they're temporary, 
but the things that are unseen are eternal. He says, we are being renewed day by day. If you are being renewed day by day, what does that imply? It implies that hope fades. It implies that encouragement sometimes wanes, that we get depleted. And this message is very realistic for our daily struggles, but it is also very encouraging. It says that God has appointed it so that we get daily renewed for the day's trouble. You know, we see this also in the Old Testament by the way in which God leads the children of Israel after they've been delivered from under bondage to Pharaoh, just as you were delivered from being under the bondage of sin. In Exodus chapter 16, verses 13 through to 26, God gives his children bread from heaven in the wilderness to strengthen them. And you know, the passage says that they gathered as much bread as they could, each one for his household. They had enough. Everyone had enough. But they were given a command. The command was, no one should leave any bread over for the next day. Consume it all today. But some of them didn't listen, and they kept some of the bread over for the next day. And that bread had, had, had eventually had worms in it, and it went bad. And so they learned something. They learned that morning by morning they gathered as much bread as they could and finished it that very day. What was God trying to teach them? I think God was trying to teach them the same thing that he's trying to teach us. He was teaching them to trust. You see, if you're in the desert with no food and suddenly you get a bunch of food, you are tempted to say to yourself, I know God provided for me today, but will he provide for me tomorrow as well? I doubt it. So I'm going to save some for tomorrow just in case he's run out of mercy. But the word of God says in Lamentations 3 that his mercies are new every morning. He's saying to Israel what Jesus says to us. Do not be anxious about your daily bread, about the bread of tomorrow. And here's the thing. God doesn't give us tomorrow's bread today. He gives us today's bread for today's battles. And God also doesn't want us to carry over yesterday's bread to be used today. He wants us to completely use yesterday's bread for yesterday's battles. He wants us to use up today's bread totally, completely. And it's because we don't realize this that we often fall into the trap that many, of, many Christians fall into, where we seem to believe that we can take Sunday's strength and that will be enough for Monday's battles, for Tuesday's hardships, for Wednesday's temptations, right up until Saturday. Do you know what Sunday strength is meant for? Sunday strength is meant just for Sunday. All the encouragement from the preaching of the word, all the spiritual vitality that we get from worship, all of that strength is meant for Sunday. There is a new strength waiting for us on Monday. There are fresh insights into God's character and nature that he wants to reveal to you from his word on Tuesday. Wednesday's battles calls for a renewed strength on Wednesday. So here's the thing. 
I love that we can, uh, you know, enjoy such togetherness on Sunday mornings. And before the restrictions, I love, uh, I love that we get to gather here uh, in church and worship God together. But I want to know what your home church looks like on Thursday morning. Do you seek God just as much? Do you press in and worship Him just as much? You realize, you know, you can be your own preacher where you grab the scriptures and preach the word of God to yourself. You can be your own worship leader in your home where you worship God simply for who he is. I want to know if you're feeding on him just as much on Friday morning as you are on Sunday morning. Why? Because every day there are new temptations. There's, there are new battles for us to win. Therefore, every day, there's an opportunity for you to bring your God glory here on earth as he renews you. You know, I've heard it said before, you know, you don't necessarily have to seek God every day. You don't necessarily have to pray every day. Just twice a week should be fine. Make it a goal to pray just twice a week. And I used to be like that. And I used to believe that, but, but when I read things that Jesus said, like when he said, sufficient for the day is its own trouble, there is trouble every day. I think to myself that I need to press into God's word every day, because frankly, I'm not that strong. The Apostle Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. Why? Because the devil doesn't take a day off. But neither does God. Neither does God. And presumably, all of you who are, who are watching, just on a slightly different vein, all of you who are watching, uh, most likely brush your teeth and shower every day, right? Hopefully. And that takes time. It takes effort. In a week, we brush our teeth about 14 times. Once in the morning and once before you go to bed, hopefully. But what if I told you that I have a solution for you that will save time? What if I told you that on Sunday morning, instead of brushing your teeth just once, you could brush your teeth 14 times, and then you've already done your brushing for the week. Your teeth will stay just as clean, and your breath will stay just as fresh on Saturday evening as it will be after you've brushed 14 times. You know, the average shower is about 8 minutes. Some of us go longer than that. But what if I told you that instead of showering every day, you could shower on Sunday morning for 56 minutes, 8 times 7, 56. That way you just finish it off on Sunday morning and you save time. You don't need to shower during the week. What if I told you that instead of eating three meals a day for a week, you could save yourself some time and eat 21 meals just on Sunday morning. That way you don't have to eat for the rest of the for the week. And what if I told you that instead of drinking eight glasses of water for a, a, a day for a week, which is the recommended amount, you could save yourself some time and just drink 56 glasses of water on Sunday morning. Now, if I told you all of that, you'd probably say to me that that is ridiculous. Why? Because you know from experience that with every day, comes new opportunities for our teeth and our bodies to get dirty and we need to regularly feed ourselves with food and with drink uh, to stay healthy and to grow. 
And if you left all of that to Sunday morning, you'd get to Saturday night, your breath stinking, your body all disheveled, and you'd be very, very hungry. Because our bodies were designed to be renewed every day. And yet the same God that designed our bodies designed our spirits too with the principle of being renewed with daily wisdom, with daily strength, with daily power for the day's trouble. And you might be sitting there and you can, you can say, Justin, you know, we can't afford to seek God every day. We can't afford to read our, our Bibles. We can't afford to worship every single day. And I say to you, no, my friend, spiritually, you can't afford not to. And you might be sitting there and saying to yourself, God, I don't like the plan. Why do you lead us this way? I don't like that I'm not yet fully sanctified. I just want to be superhuman already and kill the sin in my life completely and be completely wise, 100% courageous and completely faithful as I possibly can for the rest of my days once and for all. I don't like that I need to be renewed every day. Why is it this way? And church, you know, from what I can see in scriptures, one of the main reasons why God works this way is because our nature is one that so easily and so quickly uh, gets prideful and arrogant. And we are so quick to forget God sometimes. And we somehow come to believe, you know, after God has been so gracious to us, that we actually won our battles all, of, all, all on our own strength. And we suddenly don't need God anymore. From what I see in scripture, there are tons of examples of people that God delivers from their enemies and blesses them and they flourish. But they eventually turn around and say to God, well, thank you for all that, but we'll take it from here. We don't really need you anymore. You know, when Jesus was describing the prodigal son at the start of his parable, he was painting a picture of Israel all throughout the Old Testament. A stubborn, prideful nation that often said in their heart, we don't need you anymore. We want to go our own way. And the prodigal son loses everything in a foreign land and is made to feed pigs to survive. Just as one of Israel's punishments um, was that they were led into captivity by foreigners and served under them. But when it was too much for them, they eventually came back and God was merciful every time. And you know, we can look at that and we can say, what a prideful and disobedient nation Israel constantly revealed themselves to be. God was so merciful to them, but they always ended up rejecting him and turning to idols. And we don't realize that many times that's us every day. When we wake up and show by our neglect of scripture, by our neglect of prayer, by a neglect of worship that we believe that we can take on today's trouble without God using just the power of our flesh. At our core, our flesh wants us to be independent from God and God knows that. And in His sovereignty, even though He is not the author of evil, even though He doesn't create anything bad, in His wisdom, He also doesn't stop a certain calculated measure of trouble from coming face to face with us so we can realize that it is just as Jesus says that without me you can do nothing 
we realize that in our own strength, we can do nothing. And left to ourselves, we will always be given to temptation and live in disobedience and compromise to God's word. But it is the mercy of God when he reveals to his children just how much they need him every day. And it is his love when we, that he disciplines us when we go astray, that he leads us back to him so that we are not left conformed to the world, talking just like the world, acting just like the world, but we are made holy and conformed not to the world, but to the image of his son, which is the destiny of every believer. And in doing this this way, uh, we also see that it is one of his ways of causing you and I to bring him glory, to manifest his glory through us, his true church, when we overcome sin and doubt and fear, even in the midst of trials. You know, no one knew this reality more than the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says that because of the abundance of the revelations that he had, he implied that he was in danger of becoming prideful, of becoming conceited, of becoming arrogant. And he said that for the purpose of keeping him from being conceited, he was given a thorn in the flesh, something that he really struggled with. And he pleaded with God three times for him to take it away. But God chose not to take it away. Instead, he said to Paul, Paul, I'm saying no, but my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Church, God's grace is not just his forgiveness from when you sin, for when you sin. God's grace is his empowerment to endure hardship and overcome sin in this life. And so Paul goes on to say, you know, because of this, I delight in affliction. I delight in hardships. Why? Because when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, God's strength can rest upon me so that he can make a name for himself when he empowers me to overcome. You know, in, in, in Deuteronomy uh, 33, Chapter 33, verse 25, God says to the people of Israel, He says, As your days are, so shall your strength be. As your days are, so shall your strength be. The tougher the day, the greater the strength. And so Paul says in another place, in Philippians chapter 4, uh, 11 to 13, He says, You know, I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, I know how to abound. And in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. A lot of people take that verse out of context and take it to mean, well, God can make me do all things. So if I claim this verse over my life, God can make me the greatest basketball player in the world overnight. I'm believing for him to make me the next Australian idol, even though I've never taken a, taken a singing lesson in my life. No, Paul is writing this letter in prison. And he's saying to the church, I found the secret of being faced with anything, whether I'm in hunger and in need, persecuted and afflicted, or whether I'm in abundance. The secret is the strength that God gives me every day. And... Um, and church, 
No one exemplified this more than our Lord Himself. In the Gospels, we see Jesus. He would wake up early in the morning while it was still dark and He would slip away from the crowds and just be alone with His Father, gaining strength from Him. He drew strength in secret so that He could display God's power in public. He exemplified what it means when He said, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God's mouth. So church, if you are facing a battle today, maybe with a particular sin in your life or with discouragement or with doubt, I want to encourage you, know that God's grace, His empowerment is sufficient for you today. You serve a faithful God. Do not worry about tomorrow. Why? Because you've been given enough strength to deal with today's battle and win and all you need to do is win today's battle and trust that tomorrow he will have sufficient grace for you then. Coming back to it, you know, Paul says uh, you know, in the verse that we read earlier, we don't lose heart. Through, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Our outer self, uh, what he means, our outer self, this body, this unredeemed flesh may be afflicted by disease, may be afflicted by hurts, by pains, even a virus. But our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. So church, let us look not to the things that are, un that are, that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. As thy days are, so shall thy strength be. The tougher the day, the greater the strength from our Lord and Savior. God bless.